Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. 60 minutes of insight and analysis on the Volunteers and Titans. Powered by the Outkick Network. This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. The balls end with a bowl win, and the Titans have a win-and-in scenario in Jacksonville. Welcome to the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and powered by Outkick with Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton, and Chad, the Vols go to the Orange Bowl, and they put up quite the performance without their top guys who have opted out or were injured. Here's Tennessee and Josh Heupel with 11 wins to end the year. Hutton, it was maybe one of the two or three most impressive performances of what was a very impressive season for the tight for the Vols in, in my eyes. Both of us last week, we were here on this show. We predicted Clemson to win the game. I thought with all the deficiencies on Tennessee's roster, I thought Clemson would be ready to go in this game. I like what I had seen from Klubnik so far. Tennessee had a great defensive game plan, and they they got after the young quarterback for Clemson. And offensively, Joe Milton was good enough in this game to beat one of the best defenses in America. Very encouraging sign now moving forward for Tennessee, and I thought was one of their better performances and better wins of the season. Let's talk Tennessee Vols football with Austin Price of VolQuest.com. He joins us as we start the show this week talking Tennessee Volunteer football. AP, great to see you, man. Happy New Year. Always uh, wonderful to have you on the show. And here's Tennessee, who will finish in the top five for the first time in 21 years. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm still skeptical that they'll actually move them into the top five. Uh, but either way, it doesn't really matter. It's kind of like, you know, 10th, 11th in the recruiting class, 6th or 7th. Like, there's not a whole lot of difference there. Um, I mean, I get that it's a nice little feather in your cap. But, you know, I could see them sticking with the, the – since the, the the you know first four were you know such close games, I think they'll probably leave them there in Bama one. So I mean that's kind of where I see it. I figure Tennessee will just end up staying where they were at sixth. Either way, I don't think it matters. I think Tennessee had a phenomenal year, eleven wins, first time they've done that since two thousand and one, as you said. Um, you know it it's it was a magical run for a group that uh, again, um, you know they're not your you know typical, you know, high-end recruiting class type players. There was a few of them that were, but a lot of them that were just, you know, kind of program guys, uh, guys that developed, guys that bought in. And again, I do think Tennessee was able to take advantage of having a few older guys that had just kind of stayed the course. When you think about Princeton Fant, who's older, uh, you think about Hendon Hooker, who's older. Um, you know, I think all that stuff matters in the grand scheme of things, um, just because you, you are a little more mature in life. Um, so, you, you know, Tennessee had really good nucleus, really good team chemistry. And uh, if you told me going into the year that Tennessee was going to have wins over LSU, Florida, Alabama, and Clemson, I would have told you you're crazy. Um, you know, but uh, they somehow, you know, did it and, and did it, uh, you know, in different ways all year long. Yeah, I want to pivot into some guys, some individual players for next year, Austin, with you in the next segment. But as we recap this game, I think maybe one of the biggest surprises about 
Tennessee's late season. Of course, that game against South Carolina that everyone's going to highlight, and certainly they did a job, good job of highlighting that during the broadcast on ESPN during the game. But since that 63-point performance defensively, Tennessee gives up one touchdown in the final two games of the season. I, I did not see that coming. I, I don't know where the, the, the flip switched and what happened late in the season. Certainly Vanderbilt's offense in the rain helped in that performance. But, Austin, this bend-but-don't-break mentality that we wanted to see from Tennessee all year didn't always work. It certainly worked those last two games, especially against Clemson. Well, it honestly worked most of the year. I mean, you go back to Georgia, a lot of that game was bend-but-don't-break. Um, you know, they gave up less than 30 points to the Bulldogs. They just couldn't score. You know, Georgia was just the better team that day by a lot. And, uh, you know, when you when you factor in that, you know, that South Carolina game is just the outlier. Um they gave up points to Alabama, obviously. But Alabama, I mean, like, come on, man. Bryce Young is ridiculous. Um, but, I mean, they did a really nice job of um, getting off the field, letting teams move the ball between the 20s, but they would force them into stupid decisions like coaches thinking they had to chase points and go for things instead of taking the points, taking a field goal. Um, you know, they held teams to field goals. You know, it, it really is impressive at what Tim Banks and company got done because when you really think about it, and this has been my whole point after the South Carolina game when all the gnashing of teeth happened, people want a reason why. And I get that. But it's still the same defense that gave up countless yards, countless points in the Music City Bowl one year ago at this time as backups for Purdue went up and down the field on the balls like it was routes on air. Tell me what's different. Matthew Butler's not here. That hurts you. You're a year further down the long as far as development, but it's not like Tennessee brought in all this talent and all of a sudden they had just new dudes running around. It's the same people. You know, they just developed some, and, and for the most of the year they were able to get off the field. At South Carolina, they weren't. It's as simple as that. They picked a bad time to have a terrible outing. If they have that outing against LSU and they beat South Carolina, no one bats an eye. But because they lost to South Carolina, a team at the time that wasn't very good, they didn't score a touchdown, an offensive touchdown against Florida the week before, and then they get 60 points against Tennessee, that's why there's all the, well, something happened in that locker room. I mean, the defense must have thrown the game to get back as retribution for Jeremy Banks being suspended. Come on, man. Nobody on that defense is throwing any games for any one player. Like, they just had picked a bad time to have a bad game. And it is what it is, but they rebounded nicely, as you said. No points against Vanderbilt. Only the one touchdown against Clemson. They got off the field. There's some nice pieces there. They've still got to get better, though. They've got to get better at rushing the quarterback. they got to continue to build depth at linebacker. I like where they are, though, that, that position heading into 23. And they've got to make changes on the in, in the defensive secondary. That's the only way to improve. Like, if you want to continue to upward arc as a program, especially on defense, because I thought they really trended well all year long on defense, minus the one game. They've got to make changes in the secondary because they've got to get more athletic in the back end. It's as simple as that. Because if you're slow and you take poor angles, it's a recipe for many, 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 many third-down conversions for the opposing team. And that's what we saw. Think about how many times Tennessee got a team in third and long. And how many times that team converted? It was disgusting. If you were a fan, you were pulling your hair out. Think about what happens to the defense if all of a sudden they get off the field even more. 
And and when they get them in third and long, get off the field. Watch out. Austin Price with us on the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. VolQuest.com is where you can go to find stats like this because it's the more unusual games, Chad, to what you're saying about defense. And Austin, what you're pointing out there about the rebound uh, in comparisons than what you'll see. The last time Clemson ran more than 101 plays was 2012 to NC State. And in that game, they put up 62 points. They have 14 on the scoreboard in this bowl game. But the the comparison is Tennessee ran sixty six plays to Clemson's one hundred one. Yes, yeah, and and I'm if you would have told me these stat lines, fourteen more first downs for the Tigers, thirteen minutes time of possession differential, one hundred and nine more yards, one hundred and one plays to sixty six. We can keep listing all these stats, but here's Tennessee holding Clemson and Klubnik. On throws of 10 or more yards downfield, he was 6 of 22 with two picks, and they pressured Klubnik 26 times. That's six more times than any Clemson quarterback in the last decade. That's just not what we're used to seeing, and it is unusual, especially in a bowl game, with so many players opting out. Oh, it really is. You're exactly right. I mean, go back to the first of the season. They give up 10 to Ball State. They give up... 27 to Pittsburgh. That was an overtime. Now, 27 was in regulation, though. Uh, they give up 6 to Akron. They give up 33 to Florida. 13 to LSU. Bama, 49. But, I mean, again, Bama's Bama. Mm-hmm. 24 to UT Martin. 6 to Kentucky. 13 or 27 to Georgia. They give up 24 to Missouri. And then it's the outlier game. South Carolina, 63. Yeah. And that's why people struggle, struggle to understand. But at the end of the day... If you told everybody going into the season, hey, Tennessee's only going to give up more than 33 points in two games, what do you think Tennessee fans would have said? They would have taken that and run. <laughs> right? Like Standing ovation. People, 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 got, they're prisoners of the moment. And the, the moment at South Carolina has lasted so long because of what was on the line. And I get it, man. Like, I don't know if Tennessee will be back in that position anytime soon. Maybe they'll be back there next year. Maybe it'll be 15 years again. Who knows? The point being is that's why it was so hard for fans to get past. And I I, I totally understand. But, like, when you really sit back and kind of read it all out, talk through it, Tennessee defense took a big step this year. Sure. Again. They can improve a lot. That's the scary part for the rest of the SEC, in my opinion. Well, and Austin Price with us, uh, VolQuest.com. Coming up, we'll get to the individuals, Chad, that I know Joe Milton's at the top of the list. I'm going to start. I, I want to I call dibs on Joe Milton because okay. I tweeted something out at halftime, and Vol fans, you know, rightfully after the second-half performance, crushed me over it. But I, I, I want to bring up something. You were a prisoner of the moment. Something. Well, I, I'm going to explain why I'm not a prisoner of the moment because I've seen Joe Milton more than one football game also. But we we can discuss. And there's still a very big glaring weakness with Joe Milton that cropped up in this game also that that I'll ask you about. That is all straight ahead, and we'll get Austin's take on Joshua Dobbs, who will make his second career start against Jacksonville for the Titans on Saturday. We are powered by OutKick, the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier. Tennessee Whiskey rolls on. The best Vols coverage from the site of record. Vols Quest Austin Price joins the Tennessee Power Hour next. 
Cheers, Hunt. Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season. Hey, it's Hutton. If you're in need of catering from big events to your weekend family gathering, my friends at Edley's Barbecue have you covered. They've been voted Nashville's best barbecue four years in a row, but I vouch for their Nashville-style barbecue far longer. From corporate meetings to box lunches to weddings, rehearsal dinners, and holiday gatherings, your neighborhood Edley's Barbecue location is where to turn. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue, Edley's Barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com. Hey, I'm a Dan, and I know what dads want for Father's Day. They want steak, world-class Omaha steaks. Look, dads deserve top-quality American beef, and that's what you'll get with Omaha steaks as their Father's Day gift. I gift Omaha steaks constantly to guests on my show, Urban Meyer, the football coach, Mike Krzyzewski, the basketball coach, Kevin Pritchard, General Manager of the Indiana Pacers, just to name a few, have received the gift of steak, Omaha Steaks, from me. Order mouth-watering gift packages starting at just $99, and as a bonus, use promo code DAN to get $10 off your order. Give the gift that I give to guests on my show. Mouth-watering gift packages from Omaha Steaks starting at just $99, and as a bonus, use promo code DAN to get $10 off your order. Sack up and get your dad something he'll love this Father's Day. From Nashville to Knoxville. Balls news and analysis on the Tennessee Power Hour. The Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey rolls on, and we're about to discuss quarterback Joe Milton and his performance against Clemson and what we're looking forward to in spring and moving forward to the 2023 season. Happy New Year to all of you. And Chad, before we continue with Austin Price of AllQuest.com, we say Happy New Year to our great friends at Regal Realty Group. 
And 2023 might be the year that you're going to buy a new home. Might be the year you're thinking about making a move. You need to get with my guys at Regal Realty Group, guys and girls, but Richard Van Clive and Hunter Riley do a terrific job running everything at Regal Realty Group. Known them for a long time. Them and their agents at Regal Realty, they're good people. They want to network with good people. So if you're looking to buy or sell your house in 2023, then Regal Realty Group will help you from contract to closing and everything in between. Let them do the heavy lifting and make it easy for you. Hit them up at at regalrg.com. So Joe Milton in this game and throughout his career, Austin. So at halftime, I sent out, I'm, I'm unimpressed with Joe Milton. Once again, Tennessee really probably should bring in some sort of depth to compete with him. And I can see Austin kind of laughing right now as, as I say that. He was much better in the second half. I can really point to four throws in the game that I was very impressed by. The touchdown to Brew McCoy to get things started. The touchdown to Squirrel White. There was a third and eight completion to Ramel Keaton for a big gain on a post pattern that I thought was brilliantly executed. And, of course, showing the touch on what was a very easy bomb to Ramel Keaton for a touchdown in the game also. But the things that – Yeah, oh, you're right, the Keaton and then that. But the things that keep I keep seeing with, with Joe Milton, and I think maybe you wrote this or someone did I know at VolQuest, you know, he's not Hendon Hooker. And maybe I'm spoiled by Hendon Hooker, and there's never going to be another Hendon Hooker for Josh Heupel. But I just can't really buy that. Uh, he's bringing in a five-star quarterback in, in Nico Iamaleava who may be more talented. Could end up being better than Hendon Hooker. We don't know. But it's the run game. And the decision of when to run, when to hand it off in the read option game, when to take off on a scramble on third and eight, these are small things when you win a game 31-14 to against Clemson. But that decision not to take off and run for an easy first down, those decisions won Tennessee the Florida game with Hendon Hooker with his running ability. Those decisions got Tennessee out of binds in close games with Hendon Hooker. Am I crazy, Austin, to think that that's going to be the difference between 11-2 and two and 8-4 and four a year from now with, with Joe Milton, just his inability to see the game the way Hendon Hooker did at times? Well, first off, let's, uh, let's go ahead and practice. It's Eyal Maliava. Oh, there's an L in there now. Eyal Maliava. It's always been that way. I've okay. I've that for a year and a half, and, 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 and everybody else is just now catching on after they had him do the now, pronunciation on, on the th- thing, except for you. I, now, Chad, Chad, and Austin, I don't want to interrupt your thought here, but Chad had Nico phonetically say his name to him on in an interview. Yeah, Yamaleava right? is how he would say it. Go, go, go on. I'm going go, with Austin. Go He's very go definitive here. Go on ball football Twitter and go back to last uh, – Last month, and he does it. Yao Maliava. Okay, last Yow month. I, you know what? I'm going to go with Nico. <laughs> um, either way, either way. Let's get back to yes, this. Guy. Yes. Uh, I was just busting Chad's chops. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I agree. When things break down, he's got to be better when he's trying to create. And, like, I think that is where he struggles. But I thought they called the game beautifully for him because a lot of the throws that they had him do, you know, they only, you know, had him throw seven deep balls. He completed four. A lot of the crossing stuff is his strength. And, and that's his bread and butter. Um, but when things break down, whether it's running or being able to throw with more touch on an eight-yard throw into a tight window. Like, you know, Grant Ramey put that beautiful video out there when he was tossing the oranges, and it was like the rookie of the year thing where he throws it from the outfield. <laughs> that was terrific. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. and, that, and honestly, that's just, that, that's you know, that's an area where he's got to improve. If you don't look at where he was last year and where he is now and say that and, and, and can't see that he's improved, then I don't know what you're looking at. Now, 
he's still got a long way to go. Like it's not like he's he's just all of a sudden fixed. So Chad's right in that in, in that instance. There's a lot of improvement left to do, but he has grown. The question is is and, and Brent Hubbs brought this up on our post game podcast. Now that Hendon Hooker is going to be not there, and he's not going to be living with Joe and being around him in the meeting room every day. Where's Joe's motivation at? Like, is he going to be Hendon Hooker as far as, like, the leader, the guy that, that grinds? Does he have someone there that can push him? Like, all those things I think will be interesting to see. Obviously, Joe's got a world of talent. No one's ever doubted that. He can throw it, and it looks unbelievable coming off his hand. But when things break down, where's the creativity? Like, I think that's the biggest area where I think he's got to find a way to improve is being able to improvise and, and whether it's either understand, hey, I can go truck that guy and get that seven yards that I need for a first down or throwing again on the run that's a nine-yard throw that you don't have to throw a bullet. And so, I, again, I think that he's made huge steps in a year. Can he continue to make those steps heading into 2023? If he can, then he can absolutely be Tennessee's starting quarterback. He the can good. absolutely be Tennessee's starting quarterback. But he's got to continue to grow, and I think that goes back to him having a similar mindset that Hendon is still here, even though Hendon is not here. Well, maybe my favorite stat with Milton is, you know, the 100-plus throws he's made as a Tennessee Vol. He's yet to throw an interception. And I think when you throw the ball that hard, he had two dropped in this game because he's throwing laser beams that no DB is ever going to catch. So maybe that's going to help him in terms of not throwing interceptions in a game. That's also a byproduct of this hypo offense, which I think is pretty remarkable, that we'll talk about in the future show, is the way it's designed, it doesn't lend itself to a lot of interception opportunities that we've seen with both Hooker and Joe Milton. Both those guys have been great not throwing picks also and throwing into harm's way. But there, I can't even think of a lot of instances where, oh, man, that was really dangerous when they threw the ball uh, because of the offense and how far they're spread out. Austin, a few guys I want to ask you about specifically. One is a player I think is going to be a problem for the SEC, and that is Squirrel White. This guy continues to impress, and he plays a lot bigger than his small frame. What did you make of him as the season went on and what Tennessee could be getting from him next year? Well, the one thing that – you know, in talking to coaches and talking to people around the program that you know they were worried about when he first got here was his size. But once he got here and started going through practice and, and, and you know, kind of, you know, showing his work ethic, they all, to a man, have come back and said, man, he is so tough. Like, he may be a buck 65, but he plays like a 200-pound receiver. Like, if you go back, it was at one point in the game, and you would have been going, I think, left to right. Uh, I don't remember exactly the point in the game. But he catches a, a, a short pass behind the line of scrimmage, and Brew misses his block. And he goes and plows through two guys and, and takes what should have been like a one, two-yard loss into like a three-yard game. Like, he's got a mentality of a much bigger receiver. And so, again, the speed is the speed, and, and that will be his greatest attribute that he'll ever be given. But his toughness is very underrated. And again, as Brent Hubbs has talked about, the slot receiver in this offense, whether it be Bayless Jones last year, Jalen Hyatt this year, just has a chance to really blossom really fast. 
Defensively, Aaron Beasley was terrific in this game. Um, even without Jeremy Banks, which clearly was an issue against South Carolina, was not an issue in this game for Tennessee's defense. What do you think of, of his improvement throughout the season? And what type of – you talked about Joe Milton needing to be a leader and be self-motivated this offseason and next year for Tennessee's offense. What about Aaron Beasley as a possible leader on defense? I, I think he will be. Um, I think Aaron, while a quiet by nature, um, understands his role going forward. He will be that older veteran guy. Obviously, they're bringing in Keenan Peely from BYU, who uh, you know is, is also an older veteran guy who's married, um, who's 24. It will be 25 by next football season. And, uh, you know, is, is he's a, got a great credit guy. score. He's got a mortgage. He's got a lot of things going for him. <laughs> well, he can rent a car. That's, yeah. that's all you need to know. He's a member of the Lions Club in the local community. I mean, he's just a great, great citizen. Yes. Um, you know, but having those two vets uh, will help. But I think Beasley sees his role as having morphed. And I think that's where you'll see him really grow. And the greatest motivator for him is some of these young guys, whether it be Elijah Herring or Caleb Perry in the 22 class, or Arion Carter and Jeremiah T. Lander and Jalen Smith in the 23 class, they are, they, are, they, are, they are really impressive. And so I think he knows it's his obligation to bring them along, but at the same time, they're going to push him because they've got natural gifts at that position. And so um, I think Aaron's a guy who, you know, another program guy um, who's really bought in and really loves Brian Jean-Marie. Chad, please say Nico's last name. But the, the, my understanding is it's Nico Iamaleava. That's how I read this too. How it's spelled in this in this tweet, Austin. What say it? Say it, now you say it. Have him say it. Oh, have Can him say it. Play, play it in the microphone. There we go. What up, y'all? I'm Nico Iamaleava, and uh, the the correct way to pronounce my last name is uh, Iamaleava. So we're just stressing the wrong syllable. Well, it's weird because when he says it together, he's saying it exactly like I say it together. <laughs> and then when he when he slows it down, he does. But if we could play that back, and I guarantee you when he says, hey, I'm Nico Iamaleava, he says it exactly like I say it. I think he and does. then when he says, now pronounce your name, he goes, Nico Iamaleava. <laughs> I'm like, come on now. We're, we're really getting into semantics now. Like, I'm not going to slow it down every time and go in that way. I'm going to say it like he says it with Nico in front of it. I am correct. I am the winner. But we're all winners because Austin Price came on this podcast. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, coming up, we've got Austin's take on Joshua Dobbs, and then we'll break down Titans-Jaguars. That's all straight ahead on the Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. From the honky tonks to Rocky Top. The Tennessee Power Hour continues next. Cheers, Hunt. Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today, 
at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to Regal rg.com to get started and happy football season hey it's hutton get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at edley's barbecue you've got options wings in 25 or 50 count platters smoke pulled pork the best brisket tender turkey and scratch made sides family style edley's is perfect on game day or for take home edley's barbecue smokes all meats low and slow and all sides are classic family recipes fresh every day edley's is a tribute to all things southern and authentic to all things tennessee nashville style barbecue edley's barbecue order at edley's bbq.com if you followed me throughout the years you know i'm a south dakota girl at heart who grew up in a ranching family and i know that america first isn't just a political movement it's a kitchen table issue literally you know i always support american family-owned companies ranchers and farmers who put high quality meat products on the tables of their fellow americans and my friends at Omaha Steaks are the experts. With Father's Day right around the corner, what better gift to give dad than the experience of world-class Omaha Steaks? This package includes a mouth-watering assortment of dad's grilling favorites like Omaha Steaks Butcher's Cut Top Sirloins, Juicy Boneless Pork Chops, Deli-Style Gourmet Jumbo Franks, and their legendary Omaha Steaks Burgers. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code OUTKICK at checkout. Get mouth-watering gift packages starting at just $99. And as a bonus, use promo code OUTKICK to get $10 off your order. This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. We're back. It's the Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly 45.5% alcohol by volume. Alongside Jonathan Hutton, I'm Chad Withrow. As we start to close out this round of Tennessee Power Hours for 2022-2023, Austin Price of VolQuest.com and the On3 Network, kind enough to join us for one question of this third segment of the show because Austin, he knows Josh Dobbs well, uh, knows him covering him at the University of Tennessee, knows his plight throughout the NFL, gets his first start, Austin, against the Cowboys on Thursday night football for the Titans. What did you make of his performance? And just overall, who is Josh Dobbs? What was it like watching him get a chance to start an NFL game? It was awesome. Uh, you know, and, and I'll be honest, I, we had a, a high-end steakhouse already set up for Thursday night, and I sat there on Amazon Prime on my phone watching this as they brought out all the food. Like, I, you know, nobody's rooting harder for him than me. I, the guy's a competitor. He's a winner. Um, you know, you go back to his time at Tennessee, like, you know, he just knows how it's – it's kind of like the golfer that may miss the fairway from time to time, but he, you know, makes par and he makes birdie and he gets it in the hole in the score that's required. That's Josh Dobbs. Like, I mean, it may not always be sexy and pretty, but man, he is effective and 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 he's a winner. And let's put it this way: Trevor Lawrence has all-world potential. 
if you said, hey, who are you riding with on Sunday? I'll tell you I'm riding with Josh Dobbs just because he knows how to get it done. He almost got it done with eight days of, of, of preparation, knowing the offense against a Cowboys defense that's really good. I, you give him a little bit more time, I just think that, that this, this Saturday night has got a real opportunity for him because all of a sudden now he's got Derrick Henry back there. And how much do they use his legs in this game? They didn't use his legs the other night. Let Dobbs be Dobbs. Austin Price is Austin Price of VolQuest.com. AP, thank you, man. Happy New Year. There is uh, uh, the great Austin Price who always uh, delivers great analysis, opinion, and uh, volunteer coverage at VolQuest.com. And, Chad, we're, we're previewing Titans-Jaguars, and that means we get a glance at our friends at Two Rivers Ford. That's right. I got a glance at our friends at Two Rivers Ford because Southwest canceled my flight and I was forced to drive 14 hours right. to the great state of Nebraska, Northeast Nebraska to be exact, 14 hours in our Ford Explorer, courtesy of Two Rivers Ford, and it was a terrific ride the entire way. Hey, truckloads of vehicles that you've been waiting for all year, they finally made it onto the lot. F-150s, Explorers, Edges, Escapes. Two Rivers Ford has them in every color, every trim level, with every available option. And don't forget, Two Rivers Ford sells all non-specialty new Fords below MSRP, so you're always going to get a great price. And when it comes to financing, Two Rivers is offering great rates this month, starting at just 2.9%. I always like to mention that when you do business with Two Rivers Ford, you're doing business with a local dealer that's been around since 1983 with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. These are great people. You're going to be in great hands when you deal with them. Go online to tworiversford.com or give them a call at 1-800-900-1000 or go see their non-commissioned sales team in Mount Juliet. But whatever you do, do it fast before the in-stock inventory is gone. Two Rivers Ford, powered by Ford, driven by people. Hutton, speaking of Josh Dobbs, specifically with the Titans offense and what we were able to see in this matchup with the Cowboys. I thought all things considered, he was great with eight days notice. Now there's a lot left to be desired, obviously, uh, given that situation, the fact that, you know, he's not a first round pick at quarterback talent wise, but I do agree with Austin. He, he brings a level of savvy to this offense uh, decision-making, and some playmaking ability that just simply wasn't there right now with Malik Willis. What was your big takeaway watching Josh Dobbs in this offense, which, oh, by the way, we can say this almost every week in this losing streak for this Titans team. It's a really bad offense, given, yeah. given the personnel starting the season, but especially now. Well, let, let's say let, let's start with this. He gives them a chance to actually pick up first downs on second and third and pass. He, he allows them to run their offense. I, I, you know, Downing's getting a lot of credit. I thought Downing called a, a good game against Dallas, all things considered. But I think Downing just called his offense, uh, which is what I think they would like to do with Malik Willis, but he, he hasn't been able to execute in that same way. Do, Dobbs brought an element of explosive to this offensive group. And some credit for the run after the catch goes to, of course, the wide receivers. Um, and that's all good. But Dobbs still made plays that Willis was not making. And that's the difference. And and let me end by saying this on Dobbs. He's he's not, you know, the – he's he can come in and can they beat Jacksonville? Sure they can. Um, is he a, a solid option given the circumstances? Sure. But it's not like this is a great – uh, solution. This is the best of a bad scenario for yeah. Tennessee. They were really bad with Malik Willis, 
and the offense still is slow to get going and slow to continue a pace and production that's consistent, but Dobbs for sure gives you some sense of, okay, maybe they can get out of this rut due to the penalties up front of the offensive line. So the AFC championship, AFC South, I should say, championship game button <laughs> yeah. has arrived, not, not the AFC championship uh, with the Titans and the Jags. Two different ways to go about this past week. Mike Vrabel decides to rest some key players and gear up for this championship game. Doug Peterson is living with the mantra of every game is important. Every game is important. That's why that's how we got here after a really rough start was treating every game with importance. So we're not going to stop that. Jags played their starters. They blew out the Texans in their game. What did you make of the two different approaches getting ready for this AFC South championship game on Saturday night? Well, I thought Vrabel had to do this. He had to rest the players that uh, he held out. And Peterson, in thinking about it, I thought it was a risk to play Trevor Lawrence, due, not due to like the freak injury that could have happened, like someone rolls up on the ankle, the knee. That That's football. Um, I was more concerned with the fact, if I'm him, of the new concussion protocol symptoms, where the eye in the sky can flag Trevor Lawrence, um, whether or not he's actually concussed, and just say, hey, go test him, and he's immediately in protocol. And then you have to pass protocol to get out. Now, consider that scenario, given the fact that the Jags who played on Sunday in Houston now have a short week, and then the Titans are coming off the, the extra rest. It, it was very intriguing to me, Chad. Now, it turns out they were able to get their starters out in the third quarter when it was 28-3 to in Houston. And it was impressive because Peterson, he had to approach this differently because of the, the, the state of their roster. Same as Vrabel. Vrabel did what he did because he could. He's got guys who have been in this situation, who have been to the playoffs, who have gone on the road and won important games in postseason atmospheres. And Peterson doesn't have that. He has to instill a killer mentality there. And that's what they did in Houston. They had nothing to gain, and they throttled them. So I, I thought he made the right call for the, the overall, in, internally, the vibe in that locker room. And Vrabel had to ensure that the guys who were actually healthy stayed healthy for the most important game of the season to this point. So top players now for the Titans, and we know who they are, and it starts with Derrick Henry. Um, this has to be their game, right? This is not a game where you, you can rely on some of these role players, these plug-and-play guys, to not screw it up for you. And that's what the Titans need to have happen in this game. But the stars that are healthy and able to play in this one, Hutton, they've got to shine, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's that really, you start with the guys that they held out. And I start with, of course, Derrick Henry and then Simmons and, and Autry. That they have to play excellent in this game. The best players have to shine, the guys who are actually available. And they need that vintage Derrick Henry performance. And by vintage, I mean more than 100 yards. The last three games he's played, uh, he has 100 or more yards rushing and at least one play of 30 or more yards. Against Houston, it was a 48-yard touchdown run. He's doing his part, and we've highlighted all that before, but the offense's inability to do anything else is killing this team. And they now have lost the last four games where he's rushed for over 100 yards. Now insert Dobbs, who gives you that threat of actually completing a pass for a first down, who actually will or can be expected to throw more than 23 times, which is the most Malik Willis has ever thrown or attempted in his career to this point. 
Meanwhile, Dobbs passed 39 times the other day. So I, I think they're able to run more of their offense, and this allows Henry to get going. And I hope, for that matter, that Downing sticks with that. Because the last time we saw him really get going, Chad, between quarters two and three, there was a lull of production where he was, you know, he was bookending what was a solid performance. They need Henry to be vintage Henry. And now they can stack on some explosive plays to the offense. I'm not saying it's a, it's going to be outstanding, but it is a recipe to actually put points on the board and help your defense out. And is there enough with the supporting cast with Dobbs to possibly construct a situation where you can allow Henry to be Henry and to possibly win this AFC South for you in Jacksonville? We're going to discuss that question when we come back. We're also going to talk defense, which has been better outside of the Jacksonville game. That was certainly the case on Thursday night against the Cowboys. Can they give you enough to muddy this game up enough to where you're going to have a chance to go to Jacksonville and win the AFC South on Saturday night? Playoffs are still there for the Titans. Somehow, some way, in a miserable division, giving them a chance to do it. They have a shot at the playoffs on Saturday night. We'll talk about this AFC South Championship game in a preview and give you our predictions. That's coming up next on Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. From the hockey tonks to Rocky Top, the Tennessee Power Hour continues next. Cheers, Hunt. Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get, Get you some, some Greenbrier. Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hey, it's Hutton. Get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at Edley's Barbecue. You've got options, wings in 25 or 50 count platters, smoke pulled pork, the best brisket, tender turkey, and scratch-made sides family style. Edley's is perfect on game day or for take-home. Edley's Barbecue smokes all meats low and slow, and all sides are classic family recipes, fresh every day. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue. Edley's Barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season. Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow return with more of the Tennessee Power Hour in two minutes. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie. 
your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. It's a Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Thank you for listening on whatever podcast format you're using or whatever or whichever of our fine radio stations that you're listening to across our radio network. Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey reminds you to enjoy responsibly 45.5% alcohol by volume. Great time of year to sip on some Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. And Hutton, it's always a great time of year to chase that whiskey with some delicious barbecue and we know exactly where to go to get that barbecue chad my new year's resolution visit more edley's Edley's eat more meat that's that should be (laughs) hutton's new year's resolution eat more meat three words for hutton in 2023 eat more meat and it starts by going to edley's and edley's meat smoked low and slow with made from scratch side dishes you asked, they listen, they've got brisket all day, and Edley's uses the highest quality meats, and they smoke their meats in-house daily. Great for catering, great for that quick grab-and-go as you're on the way to whatever sporting event you may be doing. And here's the most important thing. It is a great family atmosphere for dine-in. They are a tribute to all things Southern. Edley's authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue is Edley's Barbecue. You can order at edleysbbq.com. So, Hutton, we had mentioned in the last segment about Derrick Henry needing to have a vintage Derrick Henry performance if the Titans are going to win in Jacksonville. We also talked about how now with Josh Dobbs and not Malik Willis, it at least gives you a puncher's chance to make something happen. Separate of the addition of Dobbs, who's starting in this game, and Derrick Henry, do the Titans have enough on offense and maybe a, a couple key guys in this game to do that to where they can complement Derrick Henry enough to give this team a chance to win offensively. They do, but they can't have that paired with the offensive holdings, you know, and uh, the, the cheap penalties that end up really hurting them that are self-inflicted. They also can't have those drops, you know. For instance, McMath- Robert Woods had a big one. Woods and and Burks. Burks yeah. jumped for a pass he didn't need to jump for against Dallas. They they have to pick up those gains because they're really few and far between. But 
they got more in that aspect than they had previous to anything after Tannehill. McMath, Chestnut, and Burks, they all had plays of 30 or more yards. And it was the first time since the Cincinnati game that the Titans had plays of 30 or more through the passing game in the same game. And multiple, I'm saying. And we highlighted this a bit last week. Explosive plays of 30 or more yards, they've been few and far between. They had seven total going into that game. They had three against Dallas. And they had just 16 total uh, explosive plays throughout the season. And, Chad, five of those 16 came in the same game. And it's not like Willis was actually helping in this regard. Dobbs can. But they need that paired with defensively. They, they, they stay as healthy as possible, of course. But they need their top guys to play well. And then after that, the offensive line, they're not good. I'm not saying that the, the pass protection is, is going to be excellent. But they have to be able – I mean, NFL players, please. I mean, can the expectation be just don't hold more than, you know, three times in a game? Yeah. You know, like stop getting these stupid penalties that end up taking away chunk yardage. We've seen that throughout the season. They cannot have that in a game like this. No, and it's uh, you know D- Dennis Daly's a big culprit with this, with with poor offensive line play, with holdings, with with everything. But I, I agree with you. Look, holding is a punitive penalty call in the NFL. Had this discussion recently. Ten yards may be too much for a holding penalty. Maybe it should be five, like a false start or offsides, right? Because it's a drive killer for a lot of teams. In the NFL, it's definitely a drive killer for this Titans team. When you get a 10-yard holding penalty, there, there's no recovering from that with this offense right now. So that certainly must change against Jacksonville. Hutton, one thing that maybe doesn't need to change is the Titans defensively. Certainly from the last performance against Jacksonville, it needs to change. But overall, this is a defense that started strong this season. They hit a lull. They didn't play well against Jacksonville, but they picked it back up a little bit in recent weeks. So we talk about the offense, can it be good enough to give the Titans a chance to win? What do you think about this Titans defense against Trevor Lawrence and the Jags offense? Well, I mean, the last time we saw Jacksonville, at the time, the defense was dealing with Simmons' ankle injury. It was holding him back. He did not make a tackle in that game. Uh, Autry was out. Fulton was out. Hooker uh, was banged up. You've got uh, Avery, who was out. Long, who's been out, Cunningham out. These are among the most important players to this core group that they have left defensively. And remember what this defense was known for back when they were actually healthy. They had an eight-week stretch where they were leading the league in scoring uh, allowed 15.4 points per game during that eight-week stretch. They had 24 sacks in those eight games combined. They held opponents to just under 60 yards rushing. That was an area where they excelled. Uh, as well as third down, really good. They they got stops on 70% of third down opportunities to get off the field. That was best in the league during that eight-game stretch. And then as the injuries started to pile up, weeks 12, week 13, we saw things fall apart before they reached that really distinctive point in the season where Jacksonville actually took advantage of that. Here's the thing, though. This defense is capable of going out and holding Jacksonville to under 20 points. I mean, that... We've seen that consistently, even from a banged-up group, except for when we saw them do it against the Jags. And in that game, the offense didn't help out the the Titans' defense because they had the turnovers, which have been an issue. 
you know, Tannehill with the strip sack, then Tannehill fumbled, Henry fumbled. That completely changed the momentum of that game against Jacksonville. And those all came in the first half. It led to 17 points off turnovers for Jacksonville. The Henry fumble against Houston, again, killed momentum. They've got to help out that group and play, I hate saying this so much because they use it so much, complimentary football. But that's that's part of the defensive effort here and just holding them down. The Titans aren't going to get 28 points on offense. Now, maybe they get that on the scoreboard because of a return or something, but turnovers, they've, they've got to create and match whatever Jacksonville is able to get in this game uh, or stay ahead of that in the turnover differential. We haven't seen that aspect. The Titans' defense has been good, but they're not getting that number of takeaways that Vrabel always preaches, and they, they've got to have it. They've got to have it. And then the offense, Chad, we've, we've detailed this throughout the, the season on the Power Hour. The, the, the second half offense needs to be able to create some points, especially in the fourth quarter to close out a game. Uh, if they're going to win, it's going to be extremely tight and dramatic. And can this offense, after a defensive stop, actually create points and uh, take advantage of what has been a solid defensive effort and game plan from Shane Bowen and Mike Rabel? Yeah, and, and with this team because they've won the AFC South here recently, because they've had some success, and the Jags have had none, I would say Jacksonville is the hungry team to have some success and get over the hump and yeah. win this division. But normally I would give an edge to the Titans in this matchup from a mentality standpoint, having been there, and having a bit of that you know cliched heart of a champion, at least in terms of this division, in a game like this against an opponent they feel mentally superior to in recent seasons. I feel a lot better about that assessment if Ryan Tannehill sit quarterback. Yeah, yes. Josh Dobbs has been there, you know, two weeks at this point, and is tr still trying to figure out the offense. And he just started his first NFL game in year six in the NFL. So it's tough for me to make that assessment with this Titans team. So as we start to make predictions for this game, Hutton, I think that's a big question mark in my mind of who is left and will they have that mindset of we're better than you are. Uh, we let this get out of our hands because, because of our own doing, and we're going to take it back in this one game against a Jacksonville team that, quite frankly, still doesn't know how to win. They, they haven't really figured that out yet. They've done well this backstretch. They haven't won a division title. They've done nothing. This Titans team has done some things recently. But Hutton, I look at this, and I still think this Titans team is reeling. And even with Josh Dobbs, who gives them a chance, Jacksonville's just simply better right now. I think the Jags get it done by double digits, twenty-four to fourteen. Jacksonville wins this game and wins the AFC South. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. I mean, I, I'm picking Jacksonville too. Uh, I'll, I'll take them by nine, and I think it's right under double digits because I think Vrabel. They are certainly capable of pulling an upset here. Uh, Vrabel on a longer week, and this feels like a type of game where Vrabel has a great game plan, and it just comes down to whether or not this offense can just hold onto the football, not turn it over. Dobbs had two turnovers last week. They've got to not be able to do that uh, in Jacksonville. But here's the reason why the Titans should have optimism, just briefly. They moved the ball well against Jacksonville. Jacksonville ranks 21st in points allowed. They rank 27th in yards allowed if you look at their first 14 games. Just 26 sacks in those games. Can the Titans not have self-inflicted issues? If they do, they can go to the postseason. That's the big question. And, uh, by the way, Dobbs should have had another one where Diggs yeah. dropped an interception. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's got to get cleaned up for the Titans. 
Um, you know, when you get Austin Price on the Tennessee Power Hour, nothing needs to be cleaned up. As far as our performance this week on the show, we feel good about it. Feel great about Tennessee Vols and the season they just had. We'll talk a little Tennessee basketball next week as it's an important week for them with SEC play now underway and a good start to their season as well. And we'll recap whatever happens in Jacksonville. We may be previewing a Titans playoff game. It may be a postmortem of the Titans season as well. We'll find out next week because we will be back next week on another edition of the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and powered by Outkick.